Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. This week on Talk Nation Radio, we will be speaking with and listening to the music of Tom Nielsen. He has received over two dozen awards, including two Song of the Year awards from independent musicians. In 2017, he received the Arab American Women Association Award for Education about Palestine through performance art. In 2015, he was nominated for the United Nations Nelson Mandela Award for Lifetime Achievement in Peace and Justice. And you are going to love his music. Tom Nielsen, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Well, thank you, David, and thanks for saying people are going to love my music. Well, they'll tell me if they don't, but I'm sure they will. (laughs) Tom, you and your partner and and wife, Lynn Waldron, are going to be performing this September in Toronto at the annual conference held by World Beyond War, a group that I'm the director of, and people can learn about that and sign up to join us at worldbeyondwar.org. We are very much looking forward to hearing you play there in Toronto. Well, as am I, David, and, and anyone not familiar with World Beyond War should definitely be so. Uh, have... The work you do is really important, and I, I certainly am one who appreciates what you do. Well, we appreciate you saying that. Sometimes, however, spoken word is not enough, and it takes art to reach people. Let's, let's listen to one of your songs and then come back and talk about it. This is called Il Degore. Let me tell you a story About a guy I know Our stories are the same Except for a fork in the road Well, I went wrong And he went right And he went looking Through a rifle sight But Jimmy had never Got a gun There wasn't any need Where he come from But his number come up At 21 And he went to war For petroleum Out on the obstacle run And learning to shoot Was a lot of fun But o'er and now It all came undone Cause he didn't want to kill Anyone There was smack and beer The sex racketeer under the veneer of the war profiteer and all the Semper Fi couldn't justify he was caught in a lie that he couldn't deny hey diddle diddle Cat and the fiddle Jimmy's caught in the middle Of a Wall Street riddle He wasn't a coward 
He hadn't lost his nerve But he was looking for a fastball And got thrown a curve Then came the day Jimmy slipped away I heard a CEO say He was MIA Well, he never was found Cause he went underground And he's living today On the Ile de Grey was terrific i told you they would love it um so <laughs> i hear the applause you you should it's it's virtual but it's there uh you, <laughs> you i take it you you skipped that war tom well i i grew up on a farm I, we were all farm kids so we were all dairy farmers and uh at some point i was my sophomore year in college I, I just figured i had a lot more in common with vietnamese farmers than i did with the wall street brokers who wanted to pay me and go kill them um, it, it just didn't make any sense. And, you know, there were different ways, you know, people said, well, get, I was a, I was a singer, and so people said, well, get in the National Army Choir or do this or do that. And I just felt the easiest thing was to leave and, and not have anything to do with the war. And I went to South America, and that opened up the world to me. And for, uh, you know, the, the, I left in 1970, and for the next two decades, most of those years were someplace else, mostly in South America and Africa. And, and, and uh, it was in Senegal, in West Africa, in uh would have been the fall of 76. I was out on the Ile de Gore, which is Gore Island. It's off the coast of West Africa, off the coast. Of, it's one of the precincts of the city of Dakar. So people live there, but... Hundreds of years ago, it was the holding station for the Africans that the Europeans, and I include the United States in, in that designation, uh, where they were holding the Africans they were capturing. And so the island today not only is lived on by people, but it's also a museum. They still have the cells and they have the history of what went down there many, many years ago. And I was out there and I ran into this young guy who was my age. I could still call myself young at that point. And uh, he began telling me his story, and his story was similar to mine, only he he thought he would be, everybody told him, like they told me also, that he would be smart enough and get a desk job. And he believed them, and next thing he knew, he was in Nam, and he just said, I can't kill anybody, and he went AWOL. And... Uh, you know, it's one of those encounters in our lives. I met him once. We we had some beers on this island in the middle of the ocean, and and off we went our separate ways. And I don't know if he came back. Uh, this was 1976, so it was six years after he had been drafted. And uh, but you know, I I finally I didn't write that song two years later, and it was with talking with another person who had gone AWOL and ultimately come back to the states. And you talk in the song about figuring out that you've been lied to. This seems to be an ongoing, recurring issue with war after war in this country, with people figuring out sooner or later 
that they've been lied to. I, I, I'd like to get back this, this disease they used to say we suffered from called the Vietnam Syndrome, uh, reluctance to, to believe the lies. Uh, but it seems that there are, that there are people too willing uh, to believe the lies too quickly. I, I, I want Tom to, to jump to another one of your songs. Um, could you tell us about the, the song and then we'll play it called 18 Cows? Well, eighteen cows, and and <laughs> this this show is too short, David. Um, eighteen cows is about an act of civil disobedience by the people of Beit Sahur in Palestine, which is part of the greater metropolitan area of Bethlehem. And in a, um, 1987, which was the end of 87, the first Intifada, this what happened started in early 88. Uh, it was against the law for Palestinians to have their own dairy, to make their own milk, produce their own milk. And so they bought 18 Israeli Holsteins from an Israeli farmer in Kibbutz Hillel, who was sympathetic with the Palestinian cause, Palestinian rights supporter. And they had to hide these cows because what they were doing was against the law. And so the song talks about getting, and these, <laughs> in the villagers weren't, weren't dairy farmers. And, um, oh, uh, Amir Shomali is the co-director, and they, he, he and Paul Cohen put together a documentary called The Wanted 18, and I highly recommend it. And Amir heard about the song I wrote and contacted me from Australia where he was doing a Palestinian film festival asked me if he could use my song to promote the festival. And I said, certainly. Let's play the song. Now it was back in 1988 with the occupation of the Palestine state. When Beit Sahur bought 18 cows, but it wasn't what the law allows. If you want to drink milk, the law of the state says you get it from Israel, not a farm you create. So 18 cows went underground for the next four years. They couldn't be found. So word come out from the high command, there's 18 cows in the promised land. They're solid and spotted, white and black, so it's time to plan a sneak attack. So 18 cows all had to hide Cause the army's coming from the other side They came by land and choppers in the air But they couldn't find those cows Anywhere It's against the law for milk to be made by 18 cows in the bovine brigade 18 cows committing the crime of making milk in Palestine. Now, 18 cows give you milk to drink, but that ain't all, it's more than you think. It's independence and dignity and a threat to Israel's security. Cause they might make butter and they might make cheese and other intifada, other activities, so they stay undercover and do as they please. Thinking up cow Conspiracies 
It's against the law for milk to be made by 18 cows in the bovine brigade. 18 cows committing the crime, making milk in Palestine. Well, hiding neath the fig and vine, 18 cows wanted dead or alive. These lactating ladies committing the crime, making milk and babies in Palestine. There was Lola and Goldie, Rivka and Ruth, I can't make this stuff up, it's really the truth. And all the others, there were 14 more in a Milky Way in the middle of a war. It's against the law for milk to be made by 18 cows in the bovine brigade. 18 cows committing the crime of making milk in Palestine. 18 cows committing the crime of making milk in Palestine. Yeah, there's the applause. Uh, that, that's a great one. I like it. Thank you. I, I hear Pete Seeger in there. Hmm. An influence on you? Um, I, I don't look, I mean, perhaps, but there are other people when people ask me about influences that I, that I think of. I think before I think of Pete. Yeah, okay. Pete, Pete actually found fault with my music geek. I used to see Pete a couple times a year, and I, like so many other people, have been on stage with him. But he said I didn't do enough sing along. Huh. You know, he say, and he 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 said I was uh, uh got a little too critical at times. Yeah. People might be surprised. But Pete Pete liked to do songs that were get everybody singing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that that song about Palestine very relevant uh, these days. I mean, it's still uh, an important topic in the news. Well, certainly the, the occupation, the, the invasion of Gaza in '14, but most recently, you know, on March 30th, I think it was, it was the end of March when the Palestinians gathered for 45 days of peaceful protest, and they were they were met by Israeli military fire, tanks, and, and gas, and gas and, and, and bullets yeah. and the, i think the death rate i don't know what it's at now but it keeps going up just with people who are dying from their wounds and i believe over a thousand people were injured from that I, I, and you know this is just an ongoing genocide that the u.s supports with its three billion a year and that the u.s senate historically has been a hundred to zero in voting for and uh it's you know i mean i I think uh, could go on and on and on and on about how wrong this is and, and how we, we just need to do everything we can to to stop it. There's there's got to be some way to let people know that nonviolent protesters are being shot by snipers. Um, but a song like that uh, that we just heard is it's humorous, but it also I think could inform people uh, that it's not ju it's not two armies against each other. It's it's an entrapped population forbidden even. Uh, to produce its own food. It's one of the strongest militaries in the world against nonviolent protesters on the other side of the fence. Yeah. But, you know, as one Israeli brigadier general said, uh, and I quote, any person who gets close to the fence could be a future threat to the border of the state of Israel and its residents should bear a price for that violation and his, his punishment is death. 
Yeah, they, they you know, they, and there was a headline in the Times of Israel that says when genocide is permissible. Right. They they speak openly about genocide, and the U.S. media <laughs> won't touch the topic. Well, you know, the media, David, when this first went down the end of March, what were the words they used? They talked clash on the border, right. altercation, encounter. Everything was put in third person rather than saying this is a massacre. Yeah. You know, you know I searched as if all for... all these uh, people met and something happened. Right, something happened. I searched for any headline or paragraph that, that had the Israeli military doing anything, and in no case does it ever do anything. Things exactly. ha- happen to it. You know? Exactly. Oh, it's incredible. Um, you, you've got a, a a piece that you can do live here uh, for us. Uh, I do. This is a new piece that... Uh... I wrote just about a month ago. I was still on tour, maybe about two months ago. And it's been in my head for a long time. It's part of this whole project for a new American century that the U.S. government and military have been involved with for the last couple decades. But it's about Libya. 144 tons of gold. I'm sure it was a sight to behold. Gaddafi, I'm told, was a dangerous man with his African Bank for Development Plan. So Al-Qaeda and NATO fought side by side, and Hillary (laughs) laughed when he died. But forgetting all the lies we've been told, tell me, who got the gold? Barack wanted Gaddafi out by September. Another humanitarian hoax. You remember Cameron wanted a piece of the pie, so his RAF jets violated the sky. And Sarkozy entered the fray because the gold-backed dinar would replace CFA. And the corporate media sold. But they never said who got the gold. Take out their national water supply. Marines standing down so Stevens would die. Thousands wounded and thousands are dead from a people's uprising, the media said. Colonial looting of what's underground. All the oil and gas that can be found. Was it Al-Qaeda, NATO, or CIA pilfering and looting away? I never was told who it was that got the gold. The conquest of Libya is little more than another act of imperial war. 144 tons to divide. Trilateral banks, the ones to decide? NATO's war machine plunders and kills. Now Libya's not able to pay the bills. And people as slaves are sold. But tell me, who got the gold? Yugoslavia, Ukraine, Syria, Iran, or any suitable nation, a reality is invented as a pretext for invasion. And the perfect media narrative sold. But I never heard who got the gold. So that's 144 tons of gold. Excellent. And you don't know the answer, huh? I still don't. I, I got lots of questions I never get answers to, Dave. Yeah. We, it, it's been in the news just lately, uh, stories about all the money that Sarkozy had gotten from Gaddafi to get himself elected in France. I, I've uh, heard a bit about that. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, as uh, apparently, you know, playing into his motivation to be tough on Gaddafi to, uh, you know, to avoid the scandal of being, a, you know, a servant of Gaddafi. But uh, wasn't it such a transparent lie to begin with? This pretense, contrary to the U.S. media's own reporting, that Gaddafi was massacring civilians, 
uh, and then a UN resolution to aid the civilians that is immediately used to overthrow and bomb a, a country. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, people have to understand that this didn't just happen. You know, and when was it? In 01, when the Rumsfeld memo was for the for the project that I talked about earlier, right. or referred to, for the new American century, was to overthrow seven countries in five years. Yeah. And this is back in 01. And Libya is one of those countries, just like Syria and Iran and Lebanon, Somalia, and Iraq and Sudan. Those were the seven. I might have repeated one twice, but... So it's all about controlling all these nations with mineral wealth, and Gaddafi certainly had tons of gold. And, and, and the big fear for Sarkozy in the midst of all this was that the, the French CFA, West African currencies are based on the French franc. And um, what Gaddafi was proposing was to, was to start a new... African dinar, an African currency based on gold, because the U.S. went off the gold system. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, was he was going to start an African bank to replace the World Bank and get the IMF and the World Bank out of Africa and get, you know, and, and all the debt that those two organizations impose on, on people and all the, the currency devaluation and all this is yeah. hard. Um, he also it, proposed peace negotiations that were not permitted or followed through oh, on. and that, that happens with regularity. I mean, there's, there's other countries that we can bring up, too, uh, that where uh, we we're not going to let any peace negotiations get in the way of a war. Well, every single country that has been attacked, I would suggest, is on that list. Uh, and yep. the big country not yet overthrown on that list of countries to overthrow, Iran. Uh, the uh, Yeah, but you know, if Iran hadn't put their country in the middle of about 24 <laughs> U.S. bases, they, they wouldn't have this problem. Recklessness, recklessness. Not <laughs> to be forgiven. Uh, Tom Nielsen, uh, I... Uh, there's a song of yours that you played uh, when I was out in Illinois that I absolutely loved that speaks to how such disastrous policies are sold to war-cheering publics. Uh, should, we play, should we play These Colors Don't Run? Go for it. There's a drone in the air in Pakistan Paramilitaries on Columbia plan Some Sarah Weavers hanging from a crane Shell and Chevron in Ogoni domain Rahm Emanuel can bully junior senators To vote for war in Afghanistan And Gates and Clinton can rattle their sabers For making combat with Iran can't feel how you will every time you see old glory unfurled but these colors don't run these colors don't run these colors don't run the world Obama says we've lost South America but I can still find it on a map 
He keeps 50,000 mercenaries so he can occupy Iraq. You can blockade the people of Cuba. You can blockade information flow. You can bomb Vietnam to the Stone Age and torture in Guantanamo. And you can feel how you will every time you see old glory unfurled. But these colors don't run. These colors don't run. These colors don't run the world. You can build a wall on the border with Mexico. Build another in Palestine. Build a wall in the minds of our people. While the truth you undermine. You can love your country or leave. Kill civilian populations, destroy their clinics and their schools, their cropland and water systems. Do we decide which Samosa rules? You can say they hate our freedoms, but look at the damage that we've done to bring every precious metal and fossil fuel and their labor under our thumb. And you can feel how you will every time you see old. Glory unfurled, but these colors don't run. These colors don't run. These colors don't run the world. Yeah, these colors don't run. These colors don't run. These colors. That was beautiful. Wonderful song. Tell us about that song, Tom. I, I wrote I wrote that shortly after Obama was elected and after I think probably after the invasion of uh, not the invasion, the overthrow of the Manuel Zelaya government in Honduras in oh nine. Yeah. When Hillary was State Department, they put in Hernandez who was still in there. Um I'm trying to think there was another muse for that, but I know that, oh, I know, when Obama gave that speech at West Point, and he went on and on about how the, well, not on and on, but he emphasized that the U.S. was the greatest country in, in history. Yeah. It's been this way for the last century, and it's going to be the, the the one indispensable, that was the word he used, indispensable nation. <laughs> what does that make all the other nations, I wonder? Dispensable, of course. Yeah. Like an old razor. <laughs> and, um... You know, that just, I have to say, David, I grew up breathing the air of entitlement in this country because it was the only air here. And when I, and, and I thought, too, that, this, that there was something superior about or exceptional about this culture because that's what I was learning, even though I was against the war and, and supporting civil rights and all this, as, a, as this national chauvinism just permeates everything here. But getting out of the country... 
it was in my face immediately, these thoughts about my country, that I uh, that there's nothing superior at all about this, culturally or politically or in any which way. I, I wish we and, weren't um, out of time. Tom Nielsen, uh, we will have the links up at talknationradio.org. Couldn't agree with you more. We're going to get out of the country together in September. Thanks for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Thank you, David. Yes, the time was too short. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.